reading the Billy Collins poem, On Turning Ten. This poem comes from the fourth edition of the collection, The Seagull Book of Poems. But before I get to this week's poem, I must discuss our last poem, If I Had Known, by Mary Carolyn Davy. I selected this poem because the current moment of this pandemic is creating separations that are far more literal than we are used to. It makes us miss pretty simple everyday things. I've heard a few students say in our digital classrooms that they miss going to school, a sentence that likely would have surprised themselves a few months ago, maybe even a few weeks ago. Before I look at some of the analysis my students have done, let's have another listen to the poem. If I had known, by Mary Carolyn Davies. If I had known what trouble you were bearing, what griefs were in the silence of your face, I would have been more gentle and more caring, and tried to give you gladness for a space. I would have brought more warmth into the place, if I had known. If I had known what thoughts despairing drew you, why do we never try to understand? I would have lent a little friendship to you and slipped my hand within your hand, and made your stay more pleasant in the land, if I had known. In responding to this poem, I ask that students make use of the word intentional, or any variant of it, intentionally, intention, all these worked. And my students pointed to the repetition most frequently, the intentional repetition of if I had known with a few even identifying it correctly as anaphora, the repetition of words or phrases at the beginning of multiple clauses. This was an important element for them in explaining how the poem feels simultaneously like an apology to an unnamed audience, as well as a personal reflection of regret and failure. Students pointed to the possibility of the speaker having, quote, slipped their hand within your hand to have made a real gesture of friendship and generosity that sadly didn't happen. Students had a capable grasp of tone in these discussions in identifying regret and remorse, and a couple built on this to suggest that because of these emotional expressions, the poem feels final, as as though these I-would-haves are no longer possible, suggesting the intended audience may have died. One student noted that the poem relies heavily on the past tense, and that this contributes to the tone as always discussed, but this observation led me to think about what isn't used, which is the present tense or even the future tense. A speaker who does not talk about the now or the soon-to-be might be a bit stuck looking backward or might feel incapable of looking forward. If, as the students have suggested, the intended audience is no longer capable of receiving acts of kindness... The ability to do something about their failures is unavoidable for the speaker. They are entirely helpless to improving that situation and may even be feeling like they are unsure if in the future they'll be able to do any better. On the other hand, another student suggested that staying in the past tense might actually cement the earnestness of the regret as though looking forward or to the present would have cheapened the feeling or made it feel less sincere. I'm really pleased with the quality of the analysis I'm seeing, and I'm very excited to see the same kind of intellectually nimble analysis on the poems that are to come. Speaking of which, our next poem is On Turning Ten by Billy Collins. I'm selecting this poem specifically because of this week's special word, well, it's a phrase really, which is the speaker. 
A number of my students in their responses to Davy's poem referred to the poet as experiencing regret, but we can't be sure that she does. I understand why this mistake is made. We often treat poetry as something that's personal and reflected of the poet's personal experience. And while sometimes it is the case that the poet and the character speaking within the poem are the same, we should never assume they are without, well, doing arguably too much work to prove it. We have to treat the person speaking in the poem as a character, just like you would the main character of a novel. So, students, you must use the phrase, the speaker, in this poem to describe the character who is speaking in the poem. We know that this is the case, uh, that this is a character because the speaker is a child, likely a boy, but not specifically stated, who has just turned 10. Billy Collins, however, celebrated his 79th birthday last month. Fun fact, my elder daughter shares this birthday. So, with our special phrase, the speaker, in mind, here's the poem. On Turning Ten by Billy Collins. The whole idea of it makes me feel like I'm coming down with something. Something worse than any stomach ache or the headaches I get from reading in bad light. A kind of measles of the spirit, a mumps of the psyche, a disfiguring chickenpox of the soul. You tell me it is too early to be looking back, but that is because you've forgotten the perfect simplicity of being one and the beautiful complexity introduced by two. But I can lie on my bed and remember every digit. At four, I was an Arabian wizard. I could make myself invisible by drinking a glass of milk a certain way. At seven, I was a soldier. At nine, a prince. But now I am mostly at the window watching the late afternoon light. Back then, it never felt so solemnly against the side of my treehouse. My bicycle never leaned against the garage as it does today. All the dark blue speed drained out of it. This is the beginning of sadness, I say to myself as I walk through the universe in my sneakers. It is time to say goodbye to my imaginary friends. Time to turn the first big number. It seems only yesterday I used to believe there was nothing under my skin but light. If you cut me, I could shine. But now when I fall upon the sidewalks of life, I skin my knees. I bleed. Students, be sure to use the speaker in your responses when you describe the person within the poem telling us about this change of age. But you must still identify the poet as Billy Collins, okay? And you can talk about literary devices as well, but those are choices made by the poet also. I'm sorry for how confusing this may seem. Remember also to complete your paragraph-length responses by Wednesday, April 8th, and two replies to the responses of your peers by the Friday that ends the week. If you enjoyed this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment at leidenteaches.com. The content of this podcast is used as a companion to class instructional activities online at the moment, and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for episode 20 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite 